I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast where myself, comedian, writer, and actor Dane Baptiste, and my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer, hello, talk about the things that need to be discussed that need to be questioned. And we're talking everything from from uh, how many things can you watch on television a day before you get bored of television? I mean, yeah, uh, uh, or how how are people still on television now that we have streaming platforms, and how quickly can you stream through a streaming platform? Interesting uh, point. Yeah, because, you know, I guess in an era where Disney Plus has now emerged, I guess you can you have an alternative to TV. But you're right, Howard, there's got to be, there's, got, there's only so much one can take. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it gets a little bit intense when I'm on like a YouTube kind of wormhole and I'm just like, I've watched so many videos now, I, I, I need to stop this before I go. You get bored of something that's normally a treat, right? That's the difference. It's also safe to say that... Uh, the term going viral is not as fun as it used to be. <laughs> I, I actually think I got the coronavirus, as I told Dane, like pretty much straight after we recorded it last time. Uh, I ended up being ill for about a week and a half uh, with many of the symptoms. So we are happy that Howard is here. He is a corona survivor. And we're going to hear more about his story too. Yeah, I, the thing that got me most fucked off, Dane, about it all was um, was losing a sense of taste that really, really got to me. Uh, like, the last thing I have is food. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the last thing we've well, got. Well, exactly. To... You know, it's all we've, all we've got. What, um, uh, what, do you remember what you missed the most when you uh, lost your sense of taste? Oh, I, I, everything. It just all, everything went. Like, it was a really sad experience to not feel like you can, you can, uh, you can, you can taste stuff. Yeah, it really, really gutted me. Um Chocolate, can, I can taste chocolate. That's pretty bad. Although, have you tried full chocolate without, like, pure cocoa with no sugar or anything else in it? Not not this last week or so, but my taste is kind of back now. But, yeah, why, is that is that good? No, it's the opposite of good. In fact, the first time I tasted absolutely pure cocoa, I was like, why am I even eating this? <laughs> is it that why bad? Why do I even need taste? It's, it's, the, wor- it's the worst. It's, it's, like, it's like eating soil. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't recommend it. Unfortunately, I am uh, going to say I'm pro-sugar when it comes to chocolate. Mm, yeah. Well, no, I, I, someone was telling me that there's a new M&M that's like a salted caramel that's that's shit. Yes, I heard about it. Yeah, apparently it's shit. So that's a little hot off the press yeah. there. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was, first of all, that's, it's not really salted caramel because if it's M&M, it's going to be salt and caramel plus another sugary, and then another sugary shell, mm. which is the coating of M&M's, so it's gonna be very confusing for your taste buds. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's weird times. It's weird times, and uh, it's weird times. But you're still here, Howard. That's yeah. what counts, and we are adjusting all the time. Yeah, exactly. And and, and we hope you enjoyed the last episode of the podcast, uh, listeners. You know, we 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 know it sounds a little bit different to normal, and this is going to be a similar episode again, where we're going to call up friends of the podcast, past and present, and um, 
well, they're still friends, whether they were on the show in the past or not. And uh, here, here are people are getting on um, at the moment. We're, we're really, you know, liking the idea of, of doing these house calls, right, Dane? Absolutely. We are aware that we are dealing with a global pandemic and what we don't want to do is focus on one person and potentially neglect other people when all we're trying to do is administer the best medicine. So we're trying to do our best in terms of doing, uh, you know, some comedy containment and trying to reach as much people as possible so no one slips through the Dane Baptiste questions everything net. Exactly. So we're going to call someone right now. Yeah, Dane, who should, who should we call? Should we call Esther Minito? Uh, Let's give Esther a call. I feel like Esther is a hardworking performance artist and a full-time mother. She needs the help right now. Let's call. Yeah, a full-time mother of two. I mean, honestly, I imagine that she's, uh, you know, having some issues. So let's give her a call. Hello. Esther. Hello, Hello you're right. Welcome to the show. <laughs> what can I hear in the background there? What can I hear? What child um, noise can I hear? Oh, sorry. I didn't know you were calling me now to do the podcast. Um, I'm not calling you for fun, am I? I'm going to call you for fun, do I? I thought you were calling me before to like go over what you wanted me to talk about. It's frozen too in the background. Hang on. Oh, well, you've got you've got big dollars, haven't you, to just rent Frozen 2 for enough Thursday sounds afternoon? Like, sounds like someone's got Disney Plus to me, money bags. <laughs> uh, they, well, they literally not... Don't tell me to shush, Callum. Um, I'm, <laughs> um, well, they launched, didn't they? They did their free... free trial. You get your months, yeah. Yeah, get a trial. Uh, literally as, as the lockdown was announced. Which is both... Prudent, but also kind of opportunistic. Oh, yeah. It really is. It but really at the same is. time, do you want to be having an argument with Callum right now, Esther? No, you don't. <laughs> Let him do what he's doing. I Let really some, don't. Have some you time. Have some you time. He can go through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe he can go through the entire Pixar Universe. Whatever gets these damn kids off your poor back. I know, I know. How are you getting on with it, Esther? How are you coping with the, with the lockdown, given that you've got to look after these two children and a husband? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you pause. What can I say? Yeah, the pause says a lot. Actually, I don't mind Monday. Monday, Fridays aren't as bad because at least we're in a bit of a routine and I'm like homeschooling them. So at least I'm like, right, this is what we're doing. Then we're doing it next weekend. That was just, oh, that was just, everything went really feral. And also the kids aren't allowed TV now during the day because they've got to do homeschooling. Risky, responsible, 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 Absolute nightmares. Hmm. This is it. I've always said this. I mean, it's, it, it proves. I've always kids, said this. I've, I've always, always said this because it, it proves that kids. You have to, so you think about what kids have to do with at school. It's like they are overstimulated by you know having the world literally at their fingertips, whether it's in the form of like iPads and stuff, or in the form of like a entire archive of every single thing Disney has ever made us worth watching, as well as having like Netflix. Not only that, all of their online networks, YouTube where, you know, they are not limited by time or scheduling. And to go from that level of overstimulation in 4K or 4K HD 
to go and sit in a class with 27 other idiots and listen to a teacher be like, this standard deviation will come in handy one day. It's a very, it's a real hard I know, it's a it real messes hard them up. Do you remember, like, we were, I was like saying that to them, I was like, God, when we were kids, we used to have to wait for something to come out in the cinema, and then the wait between it being in the cinema and going to get, get it on VHS mm. was like, trust months. me, they have no idea. You'd have to, you could travel to China in that time if you get my drift, Esther. <laughs> 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 but the, uh, but the, the, the thing that's crazy for you, Esther, isn't it the fact that you used to be a teacher and you gave it up to be a stand-up and then the world's gone this way and now you're back being a teacher to, mm-hmm. to your own kids? Yeah so, yeah, so basically I've gone from standing on stage slagging off my kids and <laughs> feeling really euphoric that I am no longer a teacher and now, ironically, I have lost all comedy work and now I'm forced to teach the two kids that I would stand on stage and moan about. <laughs> but are they aware of the things you've said? That's the about, thing. about them on stage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they haven't seen uh, they haven't seen what I've said, but they um, they know the gist of it because I say it to them. I mean, I'm quite, we're quite jovial in this house. Like we quite you know we, we piss take quite a lot, so they know that I stand on stage and make jokes about my family and stuff. Um, and you make jokes about them on Twitter as well, don't you? Like you're constantly giving them abuse on Twitter, <laughs> uh, which is quite fun. I don't think I'm giving them abuse, Howard. Uh, I am just mocking. Well, I mean, it's a ridiculous. It's it's a ridiculous setup to take it all seriously. I think. To be fair, I would rather a parent talk badly about me than not know who I am. Right. Mm. <laughs> I love the fact that these are the two levels. Like, okay, Esther, you're bad, but you didn't leave them on a church doorstep so in the big <laughs> See? in the grand that's what you should tell things. them you should tell them that you know you could have been left on a church doorstep my mother you're a christian that's my point that's my point i do make them out to be a lot worse than they are just for comedy value because they're actually really just like together kids <laughs> i'm like oh god it's such a nightmare my daughter's like how much are you missing um how much are you missing stand-up is is a question to ask oh, you both painfully yeah, I, I mean, I'm missing it, although I was on deeply involved in tour by now, so I guess it's been like somewhat of a break. But yeah, I definitely miss it, especially when people are like, have you been writing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm still writing. They're like, oh, that's amazing. When are you going to try out? I'm like, I don't know, because I'm not going to say this down the lens of my phone camera. That's just yeah. weird. And there are enough YouTube down the lens comedians out there. I don't need to add to that already nice. saturated market. Um so I do miss it, and uh, but I don't miss it so much that I consider getting a TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I would kind of. I don't know. I don't know about the whole online thing. We'll see how it goes. Um, but well, it's not going to be sustainable anyway, really. But I miss it's being not, yeah, because I miss no one likes work. no one likes their kids or their spouses that much. No one does. <laughs> That's the best thing about it, life is balance. That you get. To, Absence makes the heart grow fonder, whereas constant, persistent presence makes the heart grow colder and more resentful. It does. Although it's been all right. I've got to say, it's been all right. It hasn't been too bad. But I do just want to go and do stand I keep having dreams about stand-up. Oh, my exactly. God. I keep dreaming you, that... You, you need it. Yeah, I keep dreaming it. that I'm it. doing it and the audience is just filled with children. And I'm like, no, this isn't what I wanted. What, what's is, going on? That's a real easy, that's a real easy dream to uh, to translate. You're tired of children <laughs> being your only audience. You need to get back out there. I understand. I know. Totally. It's never totally going to happen though. And it's really freaking me out because everyone's just like, this will never be the same again. We will never 
comedian we're all just going to be out of work forever and i'm like ah don't because i'll believe it i'll believe it i'll believe the fake news they all no don't believe the news i mean they all they always want to find a way to stop what we do at the end of the day you know this is a to be fair it's not like our audiences are going anywhere so the way to look at esther is that as much as your yearning is growing for you to perform people who enjoy live entertainment are going to be in the exact same way and not only that people that may have taken it for granted will be like i am when i get the chance to not go home i am never going home again and <laughs> i kind of think as well people will want to go and watch comedy after this won't they so badly they will want to they won't want to go home and it won't be like you know i'm high on coke christmas party i don't want to go home it'll be like i'm enjoying myself i don't want to go home yeah so yeah. i think yeah we kind of it's, it's for me this will this will separate the wheat from the chaff and uh, aside from financially, but we just have to weigh it out. And, you know, it's one of these things where if you really love this, it gives you a lot of time now to be massively introspective and cerebral and think about your material and think about who you are. And then, yeah, really get back out there. You know, this is this is almost like, it's like a, I mean, it's longer than a week, but like a reading week for comics now to go over their stuff, go over who they are. Really yeah. take time to look at like global, because everyone's been involved in this, it's really shining more of a light on global politics and stuff as well. So, mm. yeah. yeah. I can just hear, sorry, I can just hear Frozen in the background, just laughing at the idea of Frozen 2 in the background. Is, is, that, is it on for the 17th oh, time no. today, is oh, it? Oh, Lord. Uh, Esther, no, you can tell your not. kids, I said, I don't know what they're upset about, because we all know there is no song that is as good as Let It Go in Frozen 2. I've seen it, Callum. Oh, there's, oh, there's actual shit. No, my daughter, just switched it, my daughter just switched it off mid-song, because she wants to go and make jelly, and he's like... Layla, Layla. Okay, well, that's probably a good time to okay. say goodbye, I guess, Esther. Yes. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Look, look after yourself, Esther, and those children that seem to we'll be do. killing you uh, slowly. Stay up and stay strong. And Esther, always remember, yes. if you pretend to get coronavirus and scare your children, that's always effective. <laughs> that's always effective. Yes, there is that. I was thinking... The fear of abandonment, okay? Oh, God, listen to those noises. This be all day? Being abandoned and the threat of becoming orphans. Oh, they love that. They love it. Love it. Well, they did freak out a little bit at the thought of me getting it and then being left on their own with their dads. See? That's how... When you told them, that's how all good Disney films begin. Yeah. True. True that. Good luck, Esther. Good luck. Okay. Cheers. Take care. See you. See you later. Bye. Well, that was good to hear from Esther. Fucking hell, mate. I can't imagine two kids trapped in a house. That's that's intense, right? Try two kids trapped in a flat. I yeah. guess that'd be even worse. Yeah. So. I don't know if they have a house. I don't know what the what I didn't ask, but they have a living room with Frozen 2 on it, so that's pretty good. Um, mm. Have you seen Frozen 2 or 1? I have seen Frozen 2 and 1. And, uh, yeah, Frozen 2 uh, had a lot to live up to. It's not a terrible film, but, you know, considering the... Uh, the, the behemoth that Frozen 1 was yeah mm. having a song that was going to replace Let It Go tough task and it did not happen no no it's it's impossible really isn't it um, pretty much have you watched anything good recently since you've been uh, stuck at home I am watching the uh, box set uh, Preacher ah. which is adapted from the graphic novel by Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon mm. and is produced by uh, Seth Rogen among many other very talented people and uh, yeah, stars uh, Ruth Nigger is really, really good. I recommend it. If someone you for into graphic novels, if you're somebody that enjoyed the film Deadpool, hmm. then I think you'll find Preacher very enjoyable. Nice. Oh, very good. I'll have to check it out. I've been watching For All Mankind on um, 
on Apple TV. Have you seen seen that? It's a, it's, I haven't. What's it about? It it's about if the Russians had won the space race. Ah, um, uh, I've heard of this. Yeah, it's pretty oh, what? pretty neat you idea. There seems to be a lot of these alternate alternate universe platforms. There's also the Man in the High Castle, which there is that, yeah, yeah. a world where you know Hitler won a dystopian future where the Nazis won, which yeah. you and I aren't particularly keen on. No, and also you know to be honest, did it is it that different? I don't know. Did they <laughs> did they lose? Like, yeah, they, what they... would be the big difference? <laughs> would they be walking around with tiki torches in Charlottesville? Because we've seen that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not quite sure who won or lost really, but anyway, they um the, that I've never seen that. The, the for all mankind is cool. I mean, if you like a bit of sci-fi and you like a bit of you know space then you love prob- a bit of sci-fi mate yeah, yeah. Westworld is what I've been watching as well I haven't watched oh. any of the third series yet so um, I'm excited it to see that it is delicious yeah they're so saying far, it's really so, good it's so good and oh man I won't even lie to you it's very eerily uh, parallel to what's happening right now yeah i tell you the best thing I've been watching though is my cat which just jumped off the table uh, and she's off to do whatever she wants to do. But I watch my cat now all day, every day. And I realise that nothing has changed for her apart from the fact that we're here more, which is inconvenient for her. Uh, that's, that's all. That's all. That's the only reason that she has any problems, really. But literally her life, it's exactly the same, obviously. She doesn't give a fuck about the virus. Yeah, because it doesn't, doesn't affect her. No, no, she doesn't. She just, just lives her little life, sleeps, eats, gets affection. Uh they, they're, they're interesting creatures. She's been killing mice quite a lot this last week, um, which is slightly mental. Uh, if you wish, she been killing mice externally, or is your house just overrun with a mouse infestation? <laughs> no, we we think she's found like a little bit at the end of the garden where there's some mice that are hanging out down there, and she's just like plucking one out and and then ripping it to shreds for for her own amusement which is is, is disturbing i have to say it's pretty disturbing but cats have a killing instinct and they like and they don't deny it that's mm. what i like about them. yeah they don't yeah. they don't deny it when you when you get a cat as a pet you you wake up many times and there'll be a sparrow or a sterling mm. or a mouse mm. or a vole just mm. like the foot of your bed or on the floor and you'll be like why why have you done the sprinkles the sprinkles remind you i kill yeah that's something you need to keep in mind <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of killer instinct, why don't we make another call? Why don't we ask an absolutely brilliant comedian called Nico Yarwood on to the podcast? So, uh, guys, uh, Nico and I kind of started out uh, around about a similar time. Nico is a British by way of uh, Bayesian comedian um, who I would consider to be a great guy, a brother, and also very much a comedy purist. Very little this guy doesn't know about the craft. And, um, yeah, he is also... Uh, one of the resident hosts at the Top Secret Comedy Club, as well as a performer. And if you don't know, the Top Secret Comedy Club is arguably uh, one of the top two comedy clubs in all of the city of London. Mm, uh, on a daily, if not a nightly basis, uh, is entertaining crowds all the time. So it is a pleasure yeah. for this to be the first time uh, for him to be on the podcast, despite the extenuating circumstances. So let's let's see how he's getting on. He he's another guy who's got a uh, uh, kids situation, isn't he? So we'll see how he's getting on. Let's give him a call. Yeah, father of two lovely girls. So let's see how he's holding up. Nico. Yo, what's good? Yes, Nick. What's happening, brother? How you doing, Nico? You well? I'm all right, man. I'm surviving, man. <laughs> yeah, um, as we're all doing. Yeah. So I'm going on my mind, though. I'm losing my mind, man. Re- um, really? Cabin, cabin fever? I, I find it hard to not work without, like, uh, to work 
when you don't have like deadlines or a structure. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's no show coming up that I need to write new material for or something like that. You know what I mean? So I just like lost. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, no, exactly. I think it's, <laughs> for me, it's, I'm, I'm exactly with you. It's like it's so hard, especially because I feel like the the clogs have all gone back, and you're just starting your career again, where you're learning to try and find gigs and try and find structure, and like it's like I have ideas, but I don't have a process whereby I can work out if my ideas work or not because people are like, are you writing? I'm like, yeah, I'm writing, but I don't know where I'm writing to or who's Or writing for. for, exactly, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's writing. just a big... Like, so I guess I'm keeping a diary, a very yeah, funny yeah, diary. Yeah. And is the most diary even funny? I don't even know because I can't even read excerpts from my diary. So it's, it's yeah. a very funny um, But I guess it's like, you know, it's trying times and it's finding more novel and more innovative ways to realize your comedy and reach your audience and i and i i don't know nico like i'm maybe like we're we're quite similar in that like you know putting on a wig and doing characters may not be my first point of call not not saying (laughs) i have a problem with it but i know it's not for me and and it's never been who i am so that drastic a change in brand would be uh maybe be a bit of a reach for me but you know just trying to find new ways of uh yeah displaying my comedy that might be around the corner for me, man. Lycra, a headband, and dance moves, man. <laughs> yeah. TikTok, taking TikTok by storm, man. This is it. Uh, I mean, I if I want, if I want TikTok, man, I'm gonna. I think that it's gone too far because. You, yeah, you know, you know, it's a problem. Yeah, I, I actually did upload something to TikTok, but it was just my regular stand-up. But yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. How did it? How did it go down? Because you know, I don't know if they I had no that. followers, so I didn't know how to do. But at the end of it, I got nine followers, and then I took it down. But um, oh, okay. it got That's it got two hundred and fifty-seven likes or something. But there yeah. you go. That's a good start. I mean, TikTok is a very different structure to a previous social media incarnation, as far as I understand it. It seems but, like a longer vine. That's what it seems like. Yeah, it, pretty much a longer vine, and also, but I also designed as if it's like designed as no one really could have any kind of art that would be, you know, challenging to the mind or to that of like a totalitarian government. You do with that. I, I, I did see a cool one though. Um, the guy who did a, a coronavirus one where. He sat at a table with his family. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was cool. <laughs> yeah, that was and cool for yeah, all yeah, the wrong yeah. reasons. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That was a and good one. The though. darkest. That's the darkest. Yeah, labeled the darkest TikTok we've ever seen. So, you know, I think yeah. one of these things is like, you know, I remember being on the cusp of social media coming out when uh, Facebook was kind of gaining gaining strength, as was YouTube and Instagram and the like. And I even remember being like, well, how do I contextualize myself in these things as well? So I always yeah. think that's when these new kind of types of media emerge, you just have to kind of realize your way of using it uh, effectively and getting yourself across. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it doesn't have to be corny dances. There's some people doing some yeah. cool, uh, you know, actually cool stuff on there. But I think, I think you know, so digital media is so present now that there are just different strokes for different folks. But, like, you know, also, Nico, I'm too close to 40 to be having, like, so I can't be dancing in front of 15 year olds. This is not okay. You have to put a register that way. I'm not taking that risk. I'd rather, be, I'd rather be old and boring than put myself in a position whereby people are like, why are you dancing in your underwear where 14 year olds can see it? Like, you know, <laughs> even Snapchat, you can't be too sure, man. Like, if I, listen, my rule is always this if I, if I look at a picture and I click on someone's pictures, and within three or four pictures, I end up on their leaving school pictures. Too young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be networking with these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, that's, 
That's on your records as well. You Google your records. You know what I mean? That's in your history. That being said, obviously, Nico, you are you are a father. How are you finding the paternal situation at home? I just leave it up to the wife, man. <laughs> I'm joking, you know I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, no, but you know what, Nico? It, it, it depends, you know. Feminism also includes if, you know, the lovely Liz, tell us if she chooses, if Liz yeah. chooses, you know, that, you know, that she's... No, I'm joking, man. Um, <laughs> nah, cause I don't want the feminists coming for me. Um. <laughs> they can't now, Nico. They can't. That's what I mean. They can only protest online. You're safe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, no, it's... it's um. The hardest bit is that you can't go to the park. You know what I mean? The play yeah. park. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, we can still take them like um, to the big park for a walk around. Yeah. But yeah, they, 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 yeah it's hard. And kids I don't know, like, kids aren't hard. trying to walk. Exactly. The play areas are shut off. So they can't go in there, but they see it and they want to go on there. <laughs> but it's, you know, it all kicks yeah. off and whatnot. But um, you do what you can do, man. You put them on um, Joe Wicks. <laughs> that guy's crushing it. You seen that? <laughs> Joe Wicks is going to be a billionaire at the end of this. Yeah, yeah, that man is cleaning up, man. Just cleaning up. <laughs> are you doing these exercises as well, Nico? Or are you just leaving it to the no, kids? No, well, I try to, I kind of like prep them into it. Right. I show them the positions and say, go on, yeah, kids. I just set it out and then tell them, go on, go on. Yeah, but no. But that it, it is useful though, hmm. and then oh, yeah. some, some parents have been sending around like different um, what's it called, like games and stuff in like WhatsApp groups, you yeah. know, to help keep kids entertained. So you do like a a treasure hunt around the house, find a find an item that begins with C or some shit, and get them run around and whatnot. Oh, okay, that's cool. Well, I'll tell you the coolest one. I found Google brought out this um. 3D. I don't know if you see on my Insta stories. A oh, 3D, the animal, the animal thing, Yeah, the right? 3D animal yeah. thing. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so you that's take a picture of them with the animal, <laughs> and and then you tell them, okay, the animal is in the room, and you tell them, go and look for it. <laughs> that that <laughs> gives you some free time. <laughs> like like Pokemon Go, but there's no Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to turn up, so you get some hide and seek time off. You know. Nice man. I've got, to ask, uh, I've got to ask you one question, though. Uh, it is question everything this show, and you guys have both spoken about uh, how you're kind of missing, uh, you know, the comedy, which is, is, is you know it's something that you you appreciate that isn't there. What has what is is, is there something in your life that you are appreciating more in this kind of new era? Hmm. Interesting question, right? Because like I feel like I'm definitely uh, just appreciating elements of my life because I'm closer to them because I'm here all day compared to, you know, being out in the real world as normal. Uh, I'm saving on travel, basically, Howard. That's how I'm not <laughs> going to as many gigs. I'm probably saving some money on travel, but, and I'm just trying to exercise a bit more. So I'm trying to set up a routine where I exercise a bit more because when you're on the road or if you're out of town as a comic, sometimes it's very hard for you to observe a very particularly nutritional diet because when you finish performing, so it's takeaways and like you know, yeah 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 that was saying like I'm eating a lot healthier now. That's good. Yeah, my yeah. stomach, my stomach is more settled now. Now that <laughs> I'm not eating at like eleven o'clock or eleven thirty at night and eating nonsense as well. 
Yeah, so that's, that's definitely changed. How bad? Uh, how bad is the diet normally for comedians? I don't think most people realise how bad it is. I, it's like my walk because I normally mainly do like um, Top Secret, and the walk from Top Secret is just it's just madness because you pass you pass all of them. Every single thing that's like, and, and your your resistance gotta be so high. Like I make it past the first McDonald's, then there's a Five Guys, then there's a Walk to Walk, and then there's a Burger King in the station if you make it that far. And even and even if you try and a Dunkin' Donuts, and then, yeah, and then if you try and go the other way by Covent Garden, there's the yeah. big donut, the super donuts, the donuts. Like, <laughs> listen, yeah. when you start putting other sweets on a sweet, it's too big. There's only many, so many things you can yeah. put on a donut before it becomes a cake. And it's if I see, mad. It's mad. Like a four pound, a donut that costs four pounds mm. is ins- If a donut costs as much as a drinking weather spoons, you have problems. Yeah. What's that? Do- like, that's donut, donut time, right? That's, that's, that's right. The fucking yeah. sick bastards. Yeah. They're amazing, but like, you know, yeah, as a, as a comedian, when you are traveling on the road, it's very hard for you to stay healthy. See, in London, at least you may have, may occasionally have options to get maybe a salad that's, on the side of something. Is- this is the thing, right? I tell people like if you had a like a twenty four hour like healthy tight restaurant, you would kill in London. Kill because the only thing that is left open is like McDonald's and Burger Kings and whatnot. But I mean, I mean, maybe Leon does it, but they're you know mm, you get to the yeah. station at London Bridge. Sometimes they're only open to like ten or something. Exactly, and, if, and they're not that. If healthy. You had it's a, not that healthy. Yeah. And if you had a late night, like proper, like grilled stuff and veggie stuff, you would kill because I've, people I've want to this. eat out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and, and also, and, that, and if they can do it conveniently, like most people, there's such a market for that. Because I was in Perth three years ago and I discovered a place called Lord of the Fries. Mm-hmm. And it's like a vegetarian, vegan, fast food place. And they do like vegan chicken wings and the like. And I was yeah. thinking, if they had one of these in Brighton or in Brixton or Shoreditch, Camden, yeah. oh, you'd make an clean up, clean up, clean up. Yeah, yeah. So what? You know, after the apocalypse, should I survive? Then you know we can go into business together, Nico. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, man. Nico, we're gonna let you go back to your uh, family, but thank you for um, speaking to us. It's good to keep, you know, it's good to chat chat to people during this fucking apocalypse, man. Like, keep, oh yeah, <laughs> keep people yeah. keep people sane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. no worries, man. Good to hear you guys, man. Yeah, you too, Nico. Look, the way I look at it, Nico, you try and imagine. Just try to imagine you're like Tupac, right? And you are on lockdown, just writing the lyrics. And when you come out, you're going to sign with Death Row and yeah. the whole industry's in trouble. Take care, right, Nico. Look after yourself. Take it easy. Big yeah, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Bye. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Ah, what a lovely guy. I mean, he's such a good guy, isn't he? We have to get him on the show proper, right, Dane? For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. When the, when the, uh, when the apocalypse is over, the new world, one of the first guests, please. Mm, definitely. And, and it's interesting, you know, he, he's a laid back guy, right? But obviously it's, it's affecting everyone, this, this crisis. You know, he's a, he, he's a kind of guy you'd expect to be quite chilled about it, but it's still obviously, you know, affecting his life. Oh, definitely. But, you know, he didn't say a bad word about his kids, man. He's, he, his uh, yearnings like Esther's as well, Mandy. It does seem that a lot of the uh, comedians that are also parents seem very fine spending more time with their children. Mm. I think it's just, it's just having that outlet of being able to perform and stuff, which I guess you'll struggle with whether or not you have kids. So, yeah, yeah it seems like everyone seems to be quite happy with the kids. It's just finding stuff to fill the time with. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of finding stuff to fill the time with, we've got a new guest to bring on now who is a sexpert. Uh, she is uh, a sex and relationship expert who people will have seen on This Morning and uh, Big Brother and other stuff like that. She writes for different um, publications. Um, and I think she might prove uh, some entertaining um, chat about what how, how the sex world is dealing with uh, the coronavirus. Uh, uh, yeah, because I think the question is how people are satisfying their needs when they're not able to travel or take advantage of uh, dating websites and the like. So this mm. will be very useful to find out. Let's, uh, so let's ask. Powerful. Let's ask Annabelle Knight. Oh, hello. Literally waited for ages, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I know what I can do. I'll get a glass of wine. I'll feed the dogs." And then you ring just while I'm feeding the dogs. <laughs> That's okay. Sod's law. Sod's law, Annabelle. I'm Dane. A pleasure to meet Hi, you. Hi, Dane. Are you? I wasn't expecting you to be on the call straight away. Sorry. Straight away. Oh, well, yeah. Well, oh yeah. I wanted. Sounds I had. Like I had sex burp, so you had me at spurt. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so Annabelle, well, well, welcome to the show, Annabelle. Obviously, you know me well. Dane's never met you, so this is a, a, a new experience to put you guys on a call together. Um, um, but, but I was trying to explain to Dane what you do. He was fascinated. I am a certified couples counsellor. I have qualifications in psychosexual therapy, in life coaching, and in actually in personal training as well. But that's kind of a bit of a sideline. Hey, they all hey, listen. Kinesthetics come in handy in both these disciplines, I think. So I know. Well, the reason I actually did a um, personal training course is because while I was doing my psychosexual therapy qualification, uh, this sentence kept cropping up, which was, "What's good for the sexual self is good for the physical self, and vice versa." So I was like, "Do you know what? Can I get off my ass and do some work and learn how to be fit and uh, hopefully help a few people on the way?" So that's that's what I did. And now, when you get off the ass, just go, "Hey." You've been squatting? You go, hell yeah, I have. Yeah. Very hard. Like, people often ask me, what do you want to be billed as? Because um, they're always a little unsure. And I usually go for sex and relationship expert, which kind of is a very wide umbrella term, but it kind of um, works for everything I do. And, and, and how is the coronavirus affecting the sex life of the planet, Annabelle? Do you know, in really unexpected ways. I get tons of people reaching out to me on a daily basis um, asking for help with loads of different problems. And lots of people have been finding this situation extremely stressful. 
And this stress has been playing havoc with their libidos in unexpected ways. So for some people, they suddenly find themselves, you know, I'm bored. What can I do? Oh, you know, I'll have a wank or I need to have sex with my partner. And then this becomes the focus and almost the the way in which we're going to get through the coronavirus is by having sex. And then on the other side, it's got people going, actually, you know what? If you touch me, I will stab you. So... It's it's really different for every single person. Mm. It's interesting to hear. I think I feel like that is what I would expect because people are being forced to confront whatever paradigm of a relationship they may have. And sometimes that might be quite uh, beneficial, and people might have the time to rekindle their uh, sexual relationships. And then sometimes people might be like, "I've seen this person from every angle possible, and I've had enough." <laughs> so my my question is, Annabelle. Let's say that's the case where someone might be like, I don't, I have still have strong feelings towards my partner slash spouse, but at the moment I can't really deal with them physically slash sexually. Uh, is there anything you'd recommend other than copious amounts of porn for someone to kind of realize their uh, attraction <laughs> well, I again? I think it's really important that we, we, when we're looking at this situation that we're in, your partner doesn't just stay your partner they're now your colleague or you know a million other roles that that person fills because you're not allowed to leave the house and you're with that person 24 7 so they can become an annoyance they can become um so many different things to you and it changes like it changes that way in which you view that person so that can be really exciting to some people they can say oh god i'm seeing sides of this person that i've never noticed before and that's a huge turn on because you know new is taboo or it can do the exact opposite where you're like who is this dickhead that i am married to and that's not from a personal place i can promise you mm. but if it was i would be yeah no i think i think you've just got to be honest with that person and i like i've been saying to everyone get a safe word I know it's not Fifty Shades of Grey, but you just need a word that can literally get you out of any situation. If you're feeling like your partner's irritating the hell out of you, mm. and it's not them, it's the situation, and you don't want to have a fight about it, like, just agree on a word that says, it's not you, it's me, leave me alone for ten minutes. Like, fuck you. And then reconvene. Yeah, fuck you works really <laughs> That's well. That's two words, Howard. Think about it. <laughs> you, a safe word. Because if you start with fuck, someone's going to be like, well, okay, that works what I'm doing. <laughs> So, <laughs> clarity is always key. Okay, exactly. I mean, the thing that we came up with in the in the last last time we did an episode, Annabelle, was was Dane's point that you know that there's a lot of young guys probably masturbating. You know, they need to calm themselves down. You know, they, it's, it's not going anywhere. Was Dane's valid? Yeah, a lot. Of, it's a lockdown, and you know, I imagine when people are locked down and under no, under more penal industrial uh, circumstances. Self-love and masturbation is a key part of your daily routine. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a million other um, benefits to masturbation that we don't really think about. It boosts your immune system. So you're, you know, less likely to get the common cold or flu or in this case, coronavirus. I'm not saying wanking cures coronavirus. You are. That's no, literally saying, what you're saying. That's what I'm you saying. You can quote it, Annabelle it Knight you on in that. the best place to fight Listen, it. I'm saying if I had to choose between having to take antiviral drugs or prescription masturbation <laughs> i think i'll choose the latter prescription masturbation is something that absolutely should happen it shouldn't is so it good i for think you. so it's too good for your mental health it's good for your physical health it's good for your emotional health it's great for your relationship 
it's great for your body. Listen. Prescription masturbation. That is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start a, one of those change.org uh, <laughs> signature things. What are they called? Wank yourself uh, well. Wank yourself well will go down really popularly. I imagine. Wank yourself well. I've been talking yeah. about it for months and months and months. I've written about it. I talk about it all the time. And they wouldn't listen. Look wow. where we are now, Annabelle. They wouldn't listen. I love the idea <laughs> that you're like that. You're like that scientist that sees a disaster early. You're like, I warned you. I told you to all grab your dicks, and you wouldn't. <laughs> Look where we are now. <laughs> you had enough time with your clitoris to work out to save this country. Yeah. Oh, God. If Boris Johnson gets up at 5 p.m. one day and says, listen, I've cracked it. I've worked it out. Everyone, grab your genitals. It'll be, it'll be amazing scenes. It will be amazing scenes, and I'll be able to stand on the, the tallest pedestal saying, I told you. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite a statue, Miss Knight. I'll, I'm there for that. <laughs> I've got to ask one thing that me and Dane were chatting about uh, before, which is, is, is obviously there's a load of people who are still single mm-hmm. and dating apps. I assume the actual point of a dating app is generally to meet people in for person. Obviously, that's not happening at the moment. So so what, what what's going on in the dating app world? Well, the dating app world is it's. A bit of a uh, kind of a double-edged sword at the moment because people are still using them. They're still, you know, kind of putting themselves out there and, and casting their net and seeing what's at, what's available to them. But we're kind of falling foul of it because, like you say, we, we can't go and meet these people. So what's happening is that people are getting a little bit more involved in um, a textual relationship. So we're seeing big spikes in people communicating purely via text message and, and WhatsApp and um, other messenger platforms are available. I don't know what your stance is on advertising WhatsApp. No, it's fine. <laughs> Which, whichever ones can get me the nudes, Annabelle. That's who. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's, I mean... There must be a lot of people sending pictures of each other's genitals at the moment, I imagine. Or is that is that wrong? Or how would those say it like that? Then it just sounds like legal, okay? <laughs> nudes, nudes. Let's let's say what they are. They are They're nudes. There's uh, really highly desired pictures of uh, women's bodies. Then there's unsolicited dick pics because I don't know a single woman that has ever gone. Oh, great, a penis in my inbox. Wonderful. <laughs> Wait, sometimes it's okay, according to one of my friends who I won't name now. (laughs) Sometimes it is okay. When it is invited, it is okay. When it is requested, it is okay. Listen, while penis holds a disproportionate amount of power in our society, it's always going to be lumbered with the proverbial condom of consent. If it's going to protrude, then you can't be rude when you're sending your nude. It's too much for a t-shirt, Annabelle, but I stand by it. It's too much for a t-shirt, but it's just enough for an inspirational quote for Facebook. Just enough. (laughs) Just enough. With a little aubergine in the back. Nice. (laughs) And the the little, like, squirty emoji as well. That's the one. Do you remember when those things were used for weather and stuff and how quickly a peach became something else entirely? Yeah, it's because we're all really filthy-minded deep down. We are, and now we're being forced to confront our own minds and what we're definitely into. I predict, Annabelle, and I'm no sexpert, but you know, I've uh, I've I'm aware of sex, and uh, I've done <laughs> I've some, uh, and I've done some pee search. Is that what you'd call it in sex with this? Yeah. Um, I've not got an asters. I'm going to start with these puns, but uh, <laughs> I, I imagine most people's uh, palate for uh, you know, I guess for adult entertainment may broaden over this time as well. Do you know what? I really hope so. I really do because. 
there is nothing um, worse in my line of work than people being sexually frustrated and not realizing um, that there's a whole host of different ways to get turned on out there and not exploring them and not trying things. I always say, be a trisexual, try something. If you don't like it, it's not a bad thing. That's absolutely fine. If you do like it, great. That's another kind of card in your deck or tool in your toolbox. It's the, the idea of people no longer experimenting um, because of, I don't know, miles on the clock, age or the fact they've been in a long-term relationship makes me really sad. So, if Or that someone kisses someone else's kids with that mouth. That's always a stupid excuse. <laughs> yeah, just try things. Like, if, if this, this is just a brilliant opportunity. You're trapped in four walls. You can say, you know, what happens in lockdown stays in lockdown. If that's what you, what gets you through it, that's great. Uh, sounds like, sounds like a cock down to me, Annabelle. I completely agree. <laughs> All right, one more sex pun. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. You, you, you go for it. Um, well, that was, that was incredibly insightful, I thought, Dane, right? We, we, I, I, I learned something there. I'll be honest with you. This has been amazing, uh, Miss Annabelle. I thank you. At first, I was a bisexual, and now I'm prepared to be a trisexual. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna quote you on that and put it on my website and everything. Amazing. I also have websites I can recommend as well. <laughs> Very good. To my audience. Yeah, obviously. We'll, we'll put them on the Twitter feed. Annabelle, thanks for being on the show. Um, and enjoy the apocalypse and uh, you but, know, try and stay Anna, safe. First of all, we're gonna call it a co- an apocalypse because there's nothing <laughs> opportunity here. That's number one. Number two, Annabelle. Uh, where can uh, 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 I guess somewhat maybe more reserved uh, listeners find out more about your work and expertise, please? Okay, so I am on Twitter and the other one, in, uh, Instagram, yeah, and mm-hmm. just my name, Annabelle Knight. Uh, my website is annabellenight.com, and on that website there is a form whereby you can contact me if you are interested in seeking advice, tips or tricks to make your sex life, your relationship or anything that falls within that remit, super, super amazing. And I'd like to add to that, uh, those of you listening, that please do uh, check out Annabelle and do not just send unsolicited dick pics. But if one thing I've learned is that, you know, ladies tend to thrive on, you know, articulation and explanation. Send a description. Not just a dick description, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know whether this isn't me throwing down the gauntlet or setting a challenge, but I've actually never received an unsolicited dick pic. (laughs) (laughs) What a ridiculous thing to tell the world! Now they're going to be sending them to you. That's that's completely insane. Okay, well, if I do get inundated, I'm going to do a competition, and it's going to get put on social media. So So be prepared to rank below. Oh god, I don't know who listens to this show. You could get a lot. You could get a lot. I don't know. I did. If you do listen to the show, we want dick pics, but we also want feedback, okay? Not just in the form of dick pics. Yeah. So, you know. No, we want your feedback written in a Sharpie on an erect penis. That is absolutely a great idea. Make that send that to uh, Dr. Annabelle Knight, and uh, she will turn it on to me. <laughs> nice one, Annabelle. Listen, look after yourself, and we'll speak soon. Yeah, you Thank too, you. Howard. Thank speak you so much, soon. Annabelle. Thank Stay you. strong. Thank Appreciate you. Dave. Thanks again. You, you too. Thanks. Bye. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? That was very fun. That was hilarious. <laughs> she she knows her stuff. She knows her stuff. She does. She does. Okay, so we're going to call Rob Mulholland now, who's our final guest and a lovely comedian. How do you know Rob um, just from the circuit, Dane? I know Rob from the circuit, and we have also been to uh, Amsterdam together, and I just uh, did his podcast, the 420 at 420, uh, just yesterday. So He's a good guy, right? 
Very good guy, man. Very good guy. Very tall guy. Very northern guy, but uh, very talented guy as well. And uh, yeah, very uh, innovative and uh, very funny. Let's give him a call. Hello. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Aldo. Hello, guys. I'm all right. Cheers. How are you? We're good, man. Um, It's a pleasure to hear from you. We wanted to make sure we caught you after the full 20 at full 20. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I had a good one today. I had the uh, Tim Ranko and Spring Day on with uh, John Robertson. It was fun. That's nice. Um, but when you say you had a good one today, I wasn't talking about your guests. What are you smoking on, baby? <laughs> oh, man. I've still, like, I've, uh, I, I, I forgot to pick up what strains these are before I, uh, like, before, before I, you know, the lockdown. I was just in a panic to buy an ounce as quick as I fucking could, mate. So it was whatever my dealer had that day. Which is very responsible. Is it is it is it is it skunk rub or is it kind of like old school weed or hash or what is it? Mate, I'm not smoking old school weed. Like honestly, Howard, it, skunk. It's not 1997. I know, man. Who calls it skunk for fuck's sake? I can't cope police, with this stuff. Police do. I can't That's cope with this Yeah, this is a narc right here. Ah, <laughs> uh, Howard, you, Howard? Ah, uh, man. I can't cope with that heavy shit that you people smoke. I need that old school, dirty. Block you need weed. the swag. Yeah, I need swag. That's all I can cope with. I can't really deal with the other stuff. See, the problem was, Howard, is that while attitudes towards weed smoking were still quite taboo, this allowed a vacuum. This allowed a vacuum of quality control, which allowed for like skunk and other schizophrenia-inducing strains to be widely available. Now that people are making a lot more research, looking at strains, creating hybrids of a sativa and an indica kind of nature. You get a lot more refined smoke that speaks to certain different sensibilities and centers of the brain. And it's infinitely it's beneficial to creators such as me and Rob. Although, although the, uh, the thing about it causing schizophrenia is bullshit. Like, um, right. It doesn't cause schizophrenia. Right. Like, think about it this way, right? Rates of weed smoking has gone up exponentially in the last, like, 50 years, right? Around the world, right? Far more people smoke weed and they smoke exponentially stronger weed. But the rates of schizophrenia has stayed constant. Hmm. Like if if weed causes schizophrenia, the like loads of people smoking loads more of it, like it's loads stronger. You think that'd see an uptick? There you go, Rob. I'm there gonna, you I'm go. Gonna that, I'm going to add to that theory, and I'm going to give the caveat that I also smoke weed. Listeners, <gasps> keep that in mind when I say this. So, oh my god, uh, that is shocking. That is shocking. <laughs> Tell the call the Daily Mail. Look, guys. I mean, they're aware, and I'm sure they're going to drop the smear campaign any day now. But what I'm saying. <laughs> That, you know, in terms of like certain aspects of schizophrenia, such as paranoid and illusion, because mm. a lot of uh, people that suffer from schizophrenia are uh, so unfortunately and gravely subject to uh, early childhood or juvenile trauma, is sure. that they don't have the facilities to address that. And, you know, trauma and suffering will keep you up at night. And if you yeah. can't sleep, then a lot of the time, your uh, stuff that you should be seeing in a dream state, you'll start seeing during the day when mm. your conscious mind. Sure. And... Weed is very beneficial because it helps you get to sleep, it helps you to relax. And so, you know, it probably is very effective in dealing with certain aspects of anxiety and neurosis as opposed to uh, exacerbating them. So Yeah, it affects everyone in different ways, I think, as well. Like, it's, sort of, it's how it hits your system. It's only ever been good for me, you know, it's only ever calmed me down. But I know some people, it just fucks them up. And we call them pussies. <laughs> That's right. One of them's my we wife, them- actually. My wife only ever smoked weed once and had a terrible experience and never wanted to do it again, which is fine. Well, I'm having no problem with that. But know. we don't yeah. know what she had. Until I get the toxicology, yeah. I'm not going to... I, I'm, I'm afraid that's inconclusive to me. 
Well, yeah, I think yeah. like someone that's so in touch with nature like Tara Howard yeah. would benefit infinitely from the use of, if not weed to smoke it, but the benefits of hemp, the rate at which it grows, how it can mm-hmm. be used as sustainable, mm. it's used for fuel. I think Tara and it. weed still have a good relationship. Maybe that's not based on smoking. Sure. I mean, the one thing I would yeah. say about weed at the moment, though, and I imagine, Rob, you, you back this up, is the fact that if it was legal in this country, it would be one of the industries that wouldn't be affected by the virus lockdown, no? Well, no, like that's it. In America, like in like a lot of states, they're keeping the weed dispensaries open as an essential business. Hmm. And like, because, you know, it's, it's a, it genuinely is medicinally useful for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. I'm not one of these people who's like, weed cures cancer. Because, you know, like, let's wait for some fucking science, lads. But like a little bit of science would be nice. But it definitely, you know, can help with a number of conditions. I would not, you know, make any bolder claims than that. But sure. I think uh, it helps a lot of people. Like, I would argue that o- almost all weed use is uh, medicinal for some reason or other. Like I found out this year I had ADHD and it turns out all the symptoms are the things that I liked about weed were reducing ADHD symptoms in me. So Absolutely. like, um, it, you know, it reduces like it, People use it for anxiety, for depression, for sleep, for pain, for you know glaucoma, like but, yeah, for glaucoma, and also for you know for appetite for people with sure. disorders as well. It's very helpful. If you're having chemo, it can help people eat. I'm not saying it kills the cancer, but it certainly helps your. If you can eat more, it can make your body stronger to take the chemo. Yeah, with the pain as well, so it definitely helps out there as well. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, weed's an all-round win. Yeah, the thing about weed to me, though, know, that's just kind of bizarre is 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 always the same obvious statement, which is if. If they're going to let alcohol exist as it does, yeah, and the effects of that being as negative as they are, then what mm-hmm. the fuck is wrong with weed? Yeah, but I, I like, it's what, totally I true. Weed. I know what's wrong with weed is that weed is uh, because it grows naturally. It's very hard to patent, and mm, yes, uh, up until it had been uh, manufactured by a big farmer, there had been no recorded fatalities from the use of marijuana. And only when it was synthesized that people started using synthetic weed and had its first uh, fatality in the same way. Yeah, that's that's that, when spice came from. Exactly, yeah. So the synthesized weed is what causes the fatalities and the psychosis. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same the reason why, I mean, you know, the argument is about big pharma in the same way that like ibuprofen, uh, paracetamol, aspirin, uh, because they all have their origins in plants, uh, they can't be patented. So what you normally find is that uh, big pharma will put on a sugar coating or attach an additional carbon polymer to these mm-hmm. uh, these plants and then that's why if you go to like tesco for example you're paying 16p for a box of ibuprofen but if you sure. buy you know an actual brand of ibuprofen nurofen uh, like nurofen you're getting like a three thousand percent markup you're yeah, yeah totally it's the same fucking drug yeah same drug and the thing yeah, is that's it. you've got to look at you have to look at the milligram dosage of what you're taking into your body Exactly. Uh, rather than rather than the cost and how it appears and how shiny the box is. And I hope, given the, the circumstances that we're in, people start paying a lot more attention to their medication. Uh, and their yeah, health. man. As, as and like, that's that's the thing. I would really like to be able to choose what weed I'm putting in me. You know, like I'd like yeah. to know what I'm doing because I I understand the differences between what different like weed like types of weed do and where I've got a choice I take it. And I've got good dealers who like you know care about their weeds, so like I'll find out what I'm having. But most of the time, like you know, I'm just getting a bag of some weed, and like I don't know what's happened to this shit. I don't know where it's come from. I don't know if they're using slave labor to manufacture it. I'd really yeah. really appreciate it if like this thing that I'm going 
going to carry on doing regardless of what anyone says i'd really appreciate it if it was brought out into the open and managed properly and like it meant that you know it could be above board and legit take my fucking taxes the only thing is the always when there's talk in this country anyway of legalization it's always couched in the whole argument about skunk because everyone's scared of skunk because of the papers and like so the, what they always talk about is like uh putting like a strength cap on weed or something and if you do that they tried that in canada and it just fucking didn't work because everyone wants the strong stuff because it's nicer it's like the difference between beer and whiskey you know like you you have a little bit of the strong stuff and that's beautiful yeah. so yeah like that that leaves the black market there that doesn't do anything so they just need to legalize completely absolutely everything and uh free every weed dealer in jail and give them a fucking business diploma <laughs> absolutely, absolutely agree. I mean, you know, in a country now that's left the European Union and is trying to find domestic industry in order mm. to like promote uh, small to medium enterprises and domestic entrepreneurship, I don't know why you've got a whole bunch of non-violent criminals that could be actively researching and contributing to a whole new market. Exactly, which is proven to be beneficial and have you know medical applications. And like I said before, hemp doesn't always doesn't only have the. Uh, the narcotic application, like completely effective use for uh, made for sustainable clothing, effective as using for fuel, and mm-hmm. you know, in a world whereby we are constantly trying to reverse the damage of climate change, I think maybe planting yeah. a few trees probably makes some sense. Yeah, and like if you go out on a Friday, Saturday night, normally, obviously not right now, but normally in Britain, we have mobile triage centres in every single city centre in order to deal with the, the side effects of drinking. Right? Mm. We have like police forces constantly on standby to like uh, keep the peace between like fucking roaming gangs of fucked up, pissed people. Like, have you ever seen that with stoned people? Like, we don't not. have a fight in the takeaway. I want the fucking chips. Absolutely. And my, the most someone's ever said to me when they've been high in a kebab shop has been like, excuse me, please. Yeah, exactly. Stone <laughs> people are really polite. And so polite. Or like, hey, buddy, your shoelace is untied. I mean, that's it. No one's ever been like, and then I saw yeah. my ex with this dude when they smoked a spliff and it all kicked off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something never happened. Heard anyone say. I just think gener- no, I'm not- generationally it's going to change, though, because once we're yeah. the next kind of, you know, in 10 years' time, there'll be so many people who are just like, yeah, why don't you make it legal? Whereas, whereas obviously, it grew, you know, for years and years, it had a stigma, right? People yeah, 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 yeah. thought of it as an illegal substance as though that made sense. And everyone now realises that doesn't really make sense. I just can't personally deal with the fucking idea of going out to meet a random bloke, generally, in a car... Yeah, I I used to do stand up about this, man. I used to have a bit about how, like, buying weed, you just have to, like, what you do is you go get in a stranger's car, give them money, and hope they give you weed back. (laughs) I mean, you say that, but we all, but we all pay taxes to a faceless, uh, faceless company, hoping that you'll be provided with municipal services. And people having to, four hundred thousand people have to volunteer for the NHS. So I do understand it's daunting, and I sometimes feel like it's a bit cracky when you're waiting for your dealer. But at the same time. Yeah, I really feel like you know there are several institutions that human beings will pay into or give power over to, without having the full facts. So I think with legalization, you probably will see people having to work on refining their methods and making themselves more approachable with potential customers. So for me, yeah, well, the deep web already did that. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it, that that revolutionized like drug dealing because like suddenly there was a review system for dealers. So like you know you could go on these dark web markets and like buy online essentially with Bitcoin. So it was all anonymous. And like the, the the sellers would have reviews on the site, and that's how you'd know who to buy off. Wow! So suddenly customer service became amazing. Like I would order ten pills, and twelve would arrive with a little note thanking me. You know, it was like there was like people would do giveaways, and like people were rated on how quick they were and whether they you know it turned 
up on time and how good the drugs were. People would test them. And it like changed things massively for the better. Those markets are crumbling now, though, sadly. It's all getting a bit uh, atomized again. But for a while, there's this real utopian thing where the internet was making drug dealing so much safer. Hmm. We'll get there back. We'll get back there one day. Now, now we're subsisting yeah. on the internet. Now, we've uh, we're subsisting on the internet. Now, we've got a lot of chances to do that. Personally, Rob, I see a, a, a utopian future where you and I are the better. What well, we are to weed, what Ben and Jerry are to ice cream. Yes, mate, one hundred percent. Like, we, our yeah. faces, our faces on like mm -hmm. a twenty sack or like a, yeah, a, a, or an odorless tub. You know, it's got to be like fully organic, highest grade stuff. Like, we're, like, there's already fun names for weed, so, you know, you can't miss that. But, like, we can do treats, definitely. Like, in America now, you can get weed in anything. Capitalism has got hold of weed, and it's done its magic. Pretty much. And uh, But we want, we want to keep it in, in, that magic to be ethical and not use dark magic when it comes to our customers. You know, just two, totally. humble, two humble growers from the north and south of the country that came together. <laughs> we're like this Ebony it, and man. Ivory, which is our, which is our, <laughs> our which we'll, we'll call our first strain, Ebony and Ivory. I like and, it a uh, lot, mate. I like it a came lot. To get, came to, and Howard, I know you're thinking, Ebony and Ivory, but what about me? But what about one of my bros that I have from Northwest London, which I call Golders Green? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I mean, so, you know. I, I, I definitely think the one problem I have with weed is uh, the, a desire to then eat all the food I can find when I smoke mm -hmm. it. That's my one problem I'd say about weed for me. I don't know if you've got so much of a problem. Exactly, Howard. What if you've got a hamper that came along with healthy, nutritious snacks along with what you ordered online. If you could order there your you weed go. online along with like a nice hamper and it'd be like, these snacks are not only low in like sodium and trans fats, but actually healthy and boost your immune system or replenish some of your lost minerals. Wouldn't I'm going to have to insist they're vegetarian as well. Oh, I've got to be vegetarian. You've got to be. You've got to be vegetarian. <laughs> Listen, nice one, Rob. That was perfect. It was good to, it was good to catch up with you and keep, um, keep enjoying the weed during this, um, this, this, I this certainly lockdown. will, mate. That, uh, that's what's getting me through this fucking lockdown. But yeah, great to speak, guys. And uh, yeah, but Rob, before you go, may yeah, I ask? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because obviously, uh, thank you so much for having me as an esteemed guest on a uh, 420 podcast. Um, no worries, man. Let the, let the audience know where else we can find you before our company kicks off, of course. Yeah, sure. Like, um, you can find me all over the place at the moment. I'm sat on board, so I'm just like making stuff constantly. So, at Rob Mulholland on Twitter. Uh, also, if you find me on uh, Twitch, Rob Mulholland, it's basically on there. I'm uh, live from 2 p.m. till 4 p.m. playing stupid computer games. Then at 4.20 p.m. every day, I've got a live chat show. Dane was on it yesterday, and it was, it, honestly, it killed me how funny it was. Um, like, all the episodes are live on are up on YouTube afterwards as well. But that's live at 4.20 on my Twitch channel. Then in the middle of the night, I've been streaming myself playing Truck Simulator. So you can come watch that if you follow me on Twitch. <laughs> Honestly, Perfect. I just dro I drove from... I drove from Sheffield to Felixstowe last night and it took me eight <laughs> attempts. I'm, re I'm really bad at driving trucks. Like, so yeah, that happens Amazing. at about one in the morning. Um, so yeah, if you want to watch me crash trucks, that's the way that you can do it. But yeah, follow me on YouTube as well. It's Rob Mulholland Comedy and then all my videos go there. We will, we will oh, share yeah, it with Rob the masses. Guys. Yeah, no, we, my pleasure, yeah. man. Thanks so much, Rob. Take care, man. No, all the best to you. Right. Catch you later, guys. Cheers, Cheers mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye. Bye.
Okay, well, this has been a lovely episode, isn't it, Dane? We spoke to yep. Rob Mulholland, we spoke to Annabelle Knight, we spoke to Esther Manito, and we spoke to Nico Yarwood. Thanks to all of them for coming on the show. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much to my guests, and thank you so much to our audience. Um, yeah, we've uh, been so ha- happy to cross over onto Acast, and we have not allowed the coronavirus to stop us, and we hope it doesn't stop you guys too much as well. It's been real cool, Howard. Yeah, and we will be back again next week because we're going to keep doing it weekly now. I, I, we were going to do it weekly, but I I fell ill because of the coronavirus so um fuck that now i'm better let's get on with it and um and let us know who you want to come on the show and what you want us to talk about because um we're enjoying this new way of doing it aren't we dave absolutely man we are connecting with people and we hope that we're bringing those uh vibes and rapports to our audience and you know good to have you around still his can't keep a good man down oh of course let's keep it Keep it safe out there, though, guys. Stop, um, stop getting outside if you don't need to. I know you need to, you know, meet your weed dealer or whatever, but just don't, you know, don't, don't do anything risky. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him at danebaptweets. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter at the Howard Cohen. Thanks to Polly and Gelly. Hey, if you like what you've been listening to, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Thanks for listening. And remember, question everything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.